Wednesday, November 9, 1955. And in three short days, at 10.04 p.m., Marty McFly and Doc Brown will enact their plan to utilize the lightning struck at the courthouse and send Marty back to 1985. This can be done because the, the, the bruise on your head, I know how it happened. You told me the whole story. You were standing on your toilet and you were hanging a clock and you fell and you hit your head on the sink. And that's when you came up with the idea for the flux capacitor. Plus you, capacitor. You were so close. You were so good. But, <laughs> Which yeah. is what makes time travel possible. It's spoiler alert. This week, we're retreading old ground, which is why I used Jeremy's intro from our last time travel episode. Our previous episode about time travel was hosted by Jeremy and two experts. This time, we have Jeremy and two other people. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> we all know Sean has a PhD in quantum mechanics. Um, That's rude. So yeah, we're talking about time travel movies today. Nice. And I'm with my co-hosts, Jeremy Leguie and Sean Dunham. Hi, boys. Hello. Hey. Thanks for bearing with me <laughs> through no, that. No, no, I enjoyed that. I thought it was great, yeah. I was re- I was really on a roll, and then I tried to say flux capacitator, and that's not the yeah. word. I know well, that... Flux capacitance is hard to deal with. Mm. Oh, yeah. the capa- yeah, overcapacity, something would say. <laughs> I wasn't at my capacity. Um... um I know that we're doing Back to the Future probably next week, but I watched the very first one this week. And, same. you know, why does Doc Brown look the exact same? We'll never know. Time travel. We'll never know. Yeah, it's it's because Christopher Lloyd looks the exact same. Yeah, well, that's true. I don't think he's aged yeah. in 30 years. He's, um, he's got a little jerkier, but other than that. <laughs> yeah. As Sean has just alluded to, this week we're talking about time travel, and we decided in preparing for this week that... Honestly, the Back to the Future franchise bears its own episode. There's enough to say, to, to talk about it. I didn't want us to just talk about Marty this whole time. So next week, we're going to do an in-depth on Back to the Future. We'll probably still talk about it a bit today, uh, but that's worth noting. Um, okay, so first of all, time travel as a concept. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are three types of time travel, as Jeremy explained in our previous episode. If you want to go listen to it, I believe it's titled Time is a Flat Circle, the lost episode. <laughs> uh, because it was lost temporarily and then we, we found it. Was, it. Um, it was found, yeah. We so somehow th- found it again. Jeremy, yeah. do you want me to explain the three types? Would you like I to would, explain? I, I, would love, I would love for you to explain the okay. three types. Okay. Um, my understanding of this. Now, nerds of the internet, please don't come for me because I, oh, I don't they're, care. They're sharpening <laughs> yeah. their spears right yeah. now. So we have a fixed timeline which is where things have happened and things are going to happen. And even if you just go back, you just end up provoking the things that we already know are going to happen. So it's a fixed timeline, and the consequences of time travel are already in that timeline. Okay? Then we have a dynamic timeline. Probably pretty hard to imagine what that must mean. Um, Definitely not in the name. Things change. So basically, when you travel back to the past... Your actions will affect the future. So the future can change. Um, So this is like Back to the Future, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, Multiverse theory. This one, uh, question marks. Uh, I sort of think I understand it. Like like it's basically there are infinite universes and timelines. Um, But does anyone really understand what that means? No. I, I I think it's the difference between like, as a man who's read countless hours upon the subject uh i think it's the difference between the idea of uh like like traveling well in any way shape or form but to sort of what we'll call another place or another dimension to the upside down and having those possibilities exist there such as as shown in endgame um because that's what they're doing right there's infinite streams of possibility and they just jump from one to help out the current one that's what they did. Right. Right. And so, but so, but they're still also traveling in time while that's happening. Yes, that's true. Because yeah. they're traveling in the timeline of that other universe. Uh, maybe. They could be. Like, yeah, they're, tra- but they're traveling, what... like, because if they were just traveling in quote-unquote space, like, to that other dimension. Yes. Yep. Then they'd be at the current time in that space. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, this the, is already. The, 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 same, the same time in the, as their, what we'll call space one. To space two. Yeah. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah. Still, I'm so glad so I did that tab of acid right before this. 
I'm so glad I perpetually perpetually exist in a slightly altered state of mind. It's perfect, yeah. This is how my brain is. Um, or okay. Not. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. So those are the three. So maybe we'll kind of talk about like when we're talking about movies, like sort of which example it is. Um, so in our last episode, Jeremy presented us with a real theoretical quandary. Um, because he said, what makes a time travel movie? And then he said, isn't every movie kind of a time travel movie? Oh and then my, my brain God. said, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. sort of, I mean, like, cause yeah. we're traveling through time in terms of like, we're this looking back at the travel. events. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, this is exactly. We're looking the... back at the events of the film. But there's also narrative time. Yeah. Right? Like where, where you skip that, you know, in the action movie where he spends what's got to be 45 minutes suiting up, getting things ready, all that kind of stuff. We never see that, right? At best, we see a montage right. of some sort of Batman. Like, okay, how long does it take the Batman get into his suit? That's oh, got to be an 80-minute thing. Conservatively, yeah. 45 minutes. Yeah. And he has, to make... do, he has to do a little eye makeup because he does, yeah. he does right. the black around uh, the mm-hmm. eye just so it, and it, the skin doesn't show. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of depictions of Batman, that's like that's like shaving rubber. That's like rubber you have to take off that layer of 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 hair, or else it's gonna it's gonna just twist up in there. And you can't fight like that. You gotta be well. Crazy. Batman is hairless. That's one of his superpowers. <laughs> <laughs> He's highly evolved, yes, of course. Anyway, yes, Sonya. Uh, I mean, so what makes any... a tra- time travel movie? Uh, Sean, do you want to go first? Um, <laughs> okay, I, I think, uh, I, I, well, yeah, you guys, we, we can just decide whatever we want. I think a time travel movie is when there is, um, travel in narrative time and or space, as we has discussed before, that the characters are aware of. Mm. Yes. What you guys said last time, which I think is, um, a, it's a good way to kind of summarize it, is like. The characters in the narrative move through time in a quote-unquote non-normal way. Yeah. That, I think that's... That is perfect. I think that sums it up. It really does. Now, my next question for you guys is what makes a good time travel movie? It's... Because time travel, you guys, like, once... No matter what movie it is, no matter how much thought is put into it, once you start getting into it for more than, like a few minutes, like, really thinking about, it's like, it all kind of dissolves underneath. You know, like, Mm. there's not a lot that I feel would legit hold up. In terms of, like, actual science and logic? Yeah. Not that science is really involved, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it is. It has to be. Yeah. I, I think it ultimately comes down to, well, number one, I really dislike when it's used as, like, a a catch-all to just save. Like, Endgame was good, but, like, that one part we have to mull over because they wrote themselves into a corner and the only way out is time travel, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's... And that's that's a bit of a weak sort of situation. Well, yeah, it's like think. a deus ex machina. Yeah, you, you just be yeah. like, all right, well, we'll fix it. Yeah, there's no, there's no other way... You know, it's interesting to watch. They did a good job. But ultimately, it just became about, like, oh, we have this extra thing that will solve everything forever. You know, like, like there's, there's, their world is now forever different because someone could travel through time at any point and change everything. Right. But um, I think, I think the good ones either experiment with that flaw and like what can happen or time travel. Like a good example is Bill and Ted where it's not about time travel. Yeah. It's just their car. Right, and and we're we're just not going to deal with the issues that can or cannot come up with that, unless you're in Bogus Journey, which I still think they did pretty well. But it just sort of like becomes a character in the narrative, as opposed to, you know, the omnipresent way to solve every single tiny thing that happens. Right. So it's yeah, like not a movie but... about time travel. It's just a movie in which they time travel, kind of. Right. But but there are movies about time travel that are good because I think they. Mm. You know, like, they put limits on it that make sense. You know, like, the time machine needs fuel. So that's a really hard thing because, you know, uh, well, we, we shouldn't talk about Marty and Doc. But, uh, we can. If you, well, I know. But if you have a thing that can infinitely help you time travel, you know, what what's 
what's going to stop you from doing anything, right? Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, and uh, and yeah. I get like really bogged down with the films that are go back in time. You make a small change, and when you go back to it's like huge butterfly effects, and then they just keep going back to try and slightly fix it. And mm-hmm. I just like it. That's not really my jam. So yeah, I mean, same. Have you, Sean? Have you watched Butterfly Effect? Like the actual. A long time ago at summer camp, I watched. Oh, that's an odd choice. What? <laughs> yes, we watched a lot of. You know, inappropriate. We Plus. watched a lot of things that we probably shouldn't have watched. But mm-hmm. I don't really remember. Does he lose a hand? At yeah, one point, yeah. Yeah. He, go- yeah, he goes back and forth a bunch of times to specific things, and then always comes back to the same day or something like. And then his life has changed in a whole bunch of ways based on certain factors. Uh, um, exhausting. Yeah, it's not my favorite. <laughs> like, I, I was looking was... back at it today, and I was like, why, why is this something I watched when I was, like, 13 years old? Like, it's so dark. You know, I think And that's Ashton Kutcher's, like, serious film. Yeah, yeah, that was his, like, breakout real movie. Yeah, and I think it hurt, like, Amy, uh, Smart. Amy Smart's career. Yeah, like, it just, it, like... It could have been something else, and I think that that's what we all thought it was. And then in execution, it was just, like, really dark in a lot of inappropriate ways. And, like, yeah, I don't know. Do you guys... I This is sort of a, an aside. That's okay. Do you feel like time travelers are typically selfish? Yes. Like, in, in, in watching all the stuff for this, like, it's it's kind of like a... I don't know. Well, like I feel like there should always be comeuppance thinking you you've got this figured out. How can yeah. they you regard know? other people as anything more like any real person at all? Because they're just kind of they're like a a projection. Like you yeah. could just go back and then that person is like a different person. So like when you're interacting with uh, them in the real time, you're like, this isn't actually your personality, and I, you can change any minute. If I go back and like, I don't know, kick a car tire and then all of a sudden the butterfly effect is that you're different now mm-hmm. yeah it's that's really interesting that's a really interesting question because i think a lot i think especially like a lot of time travelers in popular media are really selfish like that because i think those stories are often about them endeavoring to fix something in their own lives mm-hmm. when like we know and they usually know that it will always have far-reaching consequences I mean, Back to the Future, again, is, like, an interesting examination of this that I think we'll talk about next week. But, um, yeah. yeah, that is really interesting that they I'm always really think they can... I'm really fighting not talk about it. <laughs> I know. I, I think, like, that's kind of something that comes up a lot is, like, there's no thought to the cost to other people. Which is interesting mm-hmm. because, like, one of my favorite time travelers in media, the Doctor from Doctor Who, his, like, whole jam is fixing things for other people. But... He never really runs into that problem that I can think of where he, like, creates more problems for himself. Well, and, like, what? Well, and admittedly, I am not as well-versed as many folks. But uh, it's it's baked in that he has sort of a bigger understanding of yeah. what's going on, right? And uh, I think that it's interesting to juxtapose that with what I would like to talk about, which is Jean-Claude Van Damme's Time Cop, because they're both essentially the same thing, yeah. right? But Time Cop is insane. <laughs> it, it like it's is literally based on the idea that there are people in the future who go back in time to like kill Hitler. Like that's the kind right. of they don't do that, but that's the kind of thing that they're. And then there are criminals who use um, time travel, which is illegal. So then there's like catching people through times, and of course multiple versions of self and all that kind of stuff. Ouch. But um, what Time Cop I think does a decent job of is present, like, a real confusion and, like, uncertainty just around how these people operate, whereas it's totally okay in Doctor Who. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's again, like, oh, it's it's a physical concern in the narrative versus it's his car. Yeah, true. Right? And that's kind of the only two takes we can have. Mm-hmm. It's either totally figured out and okay, or it's dangerous and there's pitfalls we don't understand Mm, yeah um what is your favorite time travel movie if you have one um one that i really like is looper yeah um because 
I like, you know, the multiple selves in one place always confuses me. And I like that the plot of this is that they close the loop. Like, they send, <laughs> they send you, you are, you are an assassin, and pe- they send people back in time, and as soon as they arrive, you shoot them, and they have money attached to them, and then that's your assassin. But then you retire when they send back your old self, and you kill them, and then you're done. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously it goes awry. But there's also a part of that where in the past, there there's like a part where they're like um, cutting limbs off of a guy and like etching like scars onto his hand and it's happening to the person in the future. Like the scars are appearing and his limbs are falling off or like just disappearing. And that is like very confusing. And just because then it's like, well, then how did you live the rest of your life with... Mm-hmm. Like no limbs as an yeah. assassin, or I, yeah. I, it gets very confusing. But yeah. I think that yeah. is a very fun, but kind of intelligent and like you know thought a bit about what the, what the world they were positing. Mm. And I think I... Cooper's careful about a lot of it. Like I think that's important. Go ahead, Sonny. Well, no, I was just gonna say I kind of like go back and forth on this. So I watched Looper for the first time this week, and. Oh my. It blew my mind. Like it, I really enjoyed it, but also some of it was tough. Like Paul Dano, you're like that's Joseph young... Gordon Levitt. <laughs> yeah, the facial <laughs> prosthetics are a bit rough. Um, Paul Dano plays this other um, assassin who basically, like, so basically what happens is they send you yourself, but you don't know it's yourself because the face mm-hmm. is covered, and then you only realize it's yourself when you open up the money bag and it's gold because it's your gold payout because it's your last payout. But Paul Dano. I forget how he figured out it was him. His, he was singing or something. Oh yeah, he was singing. Yeah. So then yeah. he doesn't kill his older self. So this is what you're talking about, Sean. And then he like escapes, and basically the like the mob that they work for is then coming after him. And then they torture young Paul Dano, and old Paul Dano starts to transform in the way you were describing, like his limbs getting cut off and stuff. And that scene. It blew my mind because I was like, well, then what happens to the middle? Like, I don't really fully mm-hmm. understand. Um, but it, it it instills this sense of existential horror. Like, yeah. there's something so horrific of watching this man slowly become disfigured because his past self is being tortured. Um, mm-hmm. That just, like, chills you to a specific level. But one thing that I think is interesting about Looper is there's that moment where... Joseph Gordon-Levitt and Bruce Willis, who are the same, they play the same character at different times, um, are eating together at this diner. And basically, Bruce Willis is, like, explaining the time travel thing to Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And he basically says, like, don't think about it too hard. It'll make your brain hurt. And I sort (laughs) of feel like that's a moment where it's the film, where it's Ryan Johnson, like, looking out at the audience and being like, seriously, don't. Don't try and figure this out. Yeah. Which I have mixed feelings about. Well, I, don't, I, I think whenever you do it in a movie, like, there's so much weight behind it, you know? And immediately, like, you know, like, again, coming up to Endgame, people are like, it has time travel in it. That's frustrating to me. I wish it was something else, but there's no other way to do mm-hmm. it. But I think the thing that Looper did so well was make Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character a different person based on that one thing. Yeah. Right? Because, like, you know, he doesn't care. It's an old man. He just wants to live his life. Yeah. And, like, that's a version of him, but Bruce Willis has more experiences that change who he is. And then that's the fundamental difference because they're they're two different people, right? Yeah. Yeah. The part that, I mean, there is a paradox at the center (laughs) of that film because based on the logic of the film where time travelers can affect the outcome, when, so this is a big spoiler alert for Looper, when mm-hmm. Joseph Gordon-Levitt decides to kill himself and therefore not allow Bruce Willis to create the Rainmaker by killing the little boy's mom, this makes no so, sense. That's that right? yeah, crazy. <laughs> but like, if he had, when he does that, old shouldn't old Bruce Willis have disappeared? No, because it didn't happen yet. Yeah, but he, but but. But okay. yeah, I know it's you. Yeah, yeah. But in, yeah, yeah. also in coming back, old Bruce Willis means that his own timeline didn't happen? Or is yeah. it this multiverse universe? Uh, 
I, I think it's more like Back to the Future Part 2, uh, which it, because apparently Back to the Future is the barometer by which we measure all yeah, the other. Yeah, apparently. Uh, of course. Yeah. But um, no, I, I do think, at least depicted in Looper, it's like a different time, you know, it like branches off and goes down a different road, basically. Mm-hmm. Because I like, uh, I, I think one of the rules as depicted by Looper is that the thing has to happen for it to happen. So, like, there's no middle ground because, he, like, Bruce Willis talks again, right? Like, he's losing memories as new ones fade in. He doesn't lose the memories, though. He can just see the new ones that George Joseph Gordon-Levitt No, no, Levitt he loses creates. them. Yeah, he's, he says they go, right? Oh, like, and he's, he worried about, and he's l- worried about losing the ones of his wife before right. he's done, right? So, you know, it, it's, impo- it's possible that Joseph Gordon-Levitt could have beat him by just, like, going away. And ha- that happening long enough that it messes with the timeline or whatever, but um, no, because you know, he needed because he needed to stop Bruce Willis from killing right, um, Emily Blunt. Right, right. But he couldn't creating not, the is what I'm saying. Yeah. Okay. But okay, uh, yeah. this is something that has also come up in a very critically acclaimed time travel movie, uh, Kate and Leopold. <laughs> yes, mm-hmm. I'm but, so happy. But there's yeah. a, a so there's a part a part part of the plot is that Hugh Jackman is from the past. He is developing, he's about to invent the elevator, but he hasn't yet. And then he just has plans to, and then he time travels, he goes to the modern world. And then a man just walks into an, goes to use the elevator and falls down the elevator shaft because Hugh Jackman didn't make elevators or didn't invent them. But for some reason, the shafts are still in the buildings. Right. And and everyone still expects elevators to exist. It's mm-hmm. fi- that is very confusing. And that I, is that's a flaw. And, and then also, like at the end of it, Kate goes back in time with Leopold uh, and becomes and like becomes uh, Liam uh, or whatever the the other guy in it becomes his her his great grandmother, even though he is an ex from normal times. It's very confusing. It is. It is. I wish I'd rewatched it now. I um, didn't rewatch it, but I just remember this elevator situation. But, but again, I think it's trying to depict like because like it, it's this is, it's super hard to explain. But because choices haven't been made, there's no way to like know what happens other than what has been established. Yeah, but like if if he if the whole thing is that I love that we're debating this now. Bye, Jeremy's TED thing, Talk subscription. If the whole uh. thing was that he had never invented elevators and so elevators are gone, then why would everyone in the modern world still have the concept of the elevator and be expecting an elevator there? It's never existed, and why would there be shafts? Right, but again, it's de- it's not depicting because in that timeline he still did it, but now he's thinking about changing the timeline right and that those thoughts are what are fading elevators in and out of existence by them not working no i think it's the, i think it's the, i think the film posits that it's literally because he wasn't there to invent the elevator but he goes back but then there. he does go back but then yeah, he does right and then that's why there's photos of big ryan from the beginning of the film already there right like he right. has them the whole time he just hasn't developed them and that's what convinces her to go back because he says you are already there right see so, like this discussion just illustrates exactly how I feel about time travel, honestly, mm-hmm. where I'm just, just as soon as I feel like I'm grasping it, it slips through my fingers like so much sand. Like so is, much sand. Is hourglass. that how you guys feel about it? Yeah. And I think it's, like we said, it's loaded. Like once you add time travel, you add all of these problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that could you be a good You want to mess up a plot, you add a little bit of that. Yeah. You know, like, it's the whole thing of, like, at the end of, again, I'm just going to bash Avengers the whole time. Do just it. so every, Yeah. At the end of Endgame, he gets the ability to time travel and do all this stuff. And it's like, yes, you know, you, you can go back and have a life with this person you loved in an alternate dimension and then come back old or whatever. But also, like, you could stop a whole lot right mm. now. Like, like why why undo that when you could undo way more or than like, that? We're so sad about Robert Downey Jr. Why don't you use the time machine? Like <laughs> get back in there, yeah. Like is there's so much. It, it's it literally it, just an excuse to have like a last yeah. waltz of like the Avengers' best moments. That's and true. Just, like a clip show, and like it's fun and it's good, and they did some really cool things with it that I really enjoyed. 
But it is like, like, because Endgame is two movies. It's a time travel movie and then an action fight, right? Like, that's that's what happens. Um, and, like, you beat the bad guy twice as his younger self, you know. They, like, there's so many... Well, I guess by having it be a multiverse, you solve all those problems, right? Because mm. it's a different Thanos from a different universe coming to that I, one. Or I whatever. also love the other Thanos just fully jumping on board. Like, oh, you guys, <laughs> yeah. I don't know any of you and y'all want to kill me, but I'll wage a crazy yeah. war against you. No problem. <laughs> Time travel? Got it. Got it. <laughs> Got it. Okay. That's the same with Star Trek. They have the same attitude. Same attitude. Well, we will pick that back up in a minute, but it's time now for us to revisit our calculations, recalibrate the temporal thrusters, and hear a word from our sponsors. We'll be right back with more Spoiler Alert here on 91.3 FM CJTR Regina Community Radio. Tuned into the community. Welcome back to Spoiler Alert. We will be talking more time travel in just a minute. Uh, But first, Jeremy, what time... Is it? Oh, just let just let me pull out my uh, my my flux my intertime dimensional watch here to tell you it's game time. Oh. Wow, 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 wow. oh, for those who don't know, or if you're just tuning in, the game is where I spend I don't know it's like forty minutes this week uh, trying to find a title that wow. these two have not seen related to our topic. I tell them the title, they tell me what they think it's about, I tell them what it's really about, and we all have a great time. It's just the best, especially for me. Um, so this week's title is predestination that title again predestination and i will give you a hint oh and this this has to be worked in it stars ethan hawk it has to there's no way it can't so that's where we are okay anyway uh who would like to go first i can Sonya, what's predestination about okay well predestination is obviously a time travel movie starring ethan hawk um in which ethan owns a what's called a pre-travel agency um which is basically you um engage their services before you're going on a trip wherein he will actually travel in time to your trip and make sure that everything goes smoothly and see if there are any like kinks that need to be worked out or like if the weather's going to be good for if you're thinking going going somewhere tropical um and then he'll advise you on your travel plans based on what happens Um, and then he probably, like, meets a client who's maybe already married or, like, already entangled and falls in love with her, and then some kind of complicated adventure happens. Maybe they get stuck somewhere in time. Something like that. Uh, Sonya, I would love to see this. Yes, Carlson (laughs) Bogganley could take a page from Ethan Hawke. I I love the idea of time travel used for the most mundane Yeah, me too. Yeah, and that, I would love that. That would be great. Yeah. yeah, Sean. Um, okay, so I believe what's what's predestination. Predestination though? is about um, Ethan Hawke in like an old man prosthetic uh, as this grizzled old pilot. He's like seventy five. He gets trapped in a wormhole, and where every time he lands, he encounters like a ten years younger version of himself, and he disagrees with them almost constantly, and they hop on the plane with him and they as they go to the next location so eventually he has like 10 of previous of himself all ranging from like a child to how old he is uh and they're all trying to use this uh this madcap crew to figure out what's going on and get back to the regular timelines wow that wow. also sounds great yeah. I, I, that's uh, yeah i really um, would love to see that actually yeah no that'd be good uh okay so um I'm going to start by asking the question if you guys want me to spoil this movie or not. Yes, please. Before I, before I, I tell you what it's about. I think so. I mean, I think it's unlikely okay. I'm going to watch it. Okay. So, so uh, I think you will. It's pretty good. Um, so uh, Predestination, you're both wrong, uh, oh. is a 2014 uh, Australian sci-fi thriller film as written by. Uh, so it's based off of a short story called All You Zombies. And uh, it is essentially... Uh, a story about a person who has a, a finite loop of their life because they're their own parents and children. And at one point, the character gets a sex change because they have both organs. So for half of the film, uh, the character is a woman, then a man, and then the villain. And at each point in time, they're helping each other through this loop. And part of the loop is that they have to ensure that they're born again 
by the male version of themselves having sex with the female version of themselves. How? And like, it's incredible. It's 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 it's, it's absolutely wild. Um, Ethan Hawke and um, Sarah Snook play. There, you know, like, like, there's like Sarah Snook? an accident. <laughs> Who's she? Yeah, yeah. Uh, she's an Australian actress. She's good. She's really crazy. She's, she's done a, a lot of Schnick. like <laughs> Miss Snook. <laughs> That's her name. Uh, what do you guys want from me? Uh, anyway, um, but uh, it's really thought out well. And the whole time, like even knowing it, you watch it and you're just like, what is happening? And then eventually, like halfway through, the character sort of figures it out and like learns about it. Anyway, it's a wild ride. And uh, I think you guys should all watch and find out who the Fizzle Bomber really is. Because wow. it's... It's something. Sounds like it's Ethan Hawke. <laughs> yeah, I'll bet it's Dang. Ethan Hawke. Or Dang. Miss Nook. One of the two. Uh, the game is, of course, brought to you by the biggest theater in town, standing tall at over 185 laying down Ethan Hawks. Oh, uh, that's an only fans I can get behind. Taking into account sort of piling, not one on top of the other, it's sort of a dog pile. Uh, the Kramer IMAX Theater at the Saskatchewan Science Center uh, play some rockin' movies, and maybe they'll play pre- I would love to see Predestination in this theater. Oh, I would um, pay for that puppy pile of Ethan Hawke, of course. Whew, yeah. Uh, so thanks for supporting the game, and uh, yeah, that's, uh, yeah, you guys suck at this game. Like, we've never really talked about it, but... Scores are low. It's almost like that's the point of the game. It's so weird. So, yeah. It's like well, it is. It is such a thrill when somebody wins. Oh, it is. when I got that point, Oof, I thought I, I thought I might die. I don't I also, remember getting my point. I, I got. A, I got make it too much here. of an impression on me. We want okay, to yeah. thank everyone who supported us during the membership drive. Um, it really goes a long way to keeping your uh, Regina Community Radio on the air. And it means so much to us, to everyone who supported us. So thank you. Thank and you. Great job. Love you. Yeah. <laughs> Love you all. Okay, should <laughs> we get back to talking time? Yes. Yeah. Um, Are there any time travel movies oh. that you hate? Okay. I'm going to talk about a, a genre that drives me crazy. And they're when people get stuck in a time loop. Mm. A, oh, really? a la Russian Doll or like Edge of Tomorrow. Oh, man. Or Groundhog, Groundhog Day. Day? Yeah, I'm like, it. I just start going a little bit crazy. After the, like I see Natasha Leon like leave the bathroom 45 times to the same mm. song. I just, it really loses its luster for me. Sweet birthday, baby. I didn't remember uh, that, that was I, in my brain. That actually, <laughs> that part is very funny. That every time she changes her like intonation a bit, she's like, "Hello, birthday baby." <laughs> That's good. Wow, I didn't realize that you felt that way, Sean. That's, I do. Uh... This is the way I feel. So it just makes you wow. like feel kind of trapped. Yeah, or you just li- like a, like you're like we get it. Yeah, like, I'm like, oh, oh, are they stuck? <laughs> like, can we figure it out? A li- like, can we make some clues here a little faster? Or like. You know, how often is Tom Cruise going to get killed on this battlefield? Because I think Groundhog Day might be one of my favorite travel <laughs> travel movies. <laughs> travel movies Because he travels to Punxsutawney. Um, tr- time travel movies, I meant. Even though it's unclear what the mechanism is. Well, is it a time travel movie? I think so. I, yeah, I think so. I would yeah. say yes okay. as well. It's some, some means that we don't understand, but still, you know. That's possible. Uh, I'm going to jump on okay, yeah, you do John's you bandwagon do and, and not mention specific films. I will. But uh, there are two things that I hate that we've already mentioned. Uh, I think Tomb Raider, Laura Croft Tomb Raider, is probably the worst example of just using time travel to get out of what where you're at. Why? And just remove all tension. And, like, it just made no sense. And I didn't happened? even know there was time travel in that. I don't remember it. Yeah, that's they're, they're, the whole time they're looking for those objects because you can use it to control time, and then she uses it to control time. Like, that's what happens. It's, it's terrible. It's not even it. what it's about. It's not... Um, I want to talk about the, like... The one where you're a kid... Like, Big is probably the only good example of that kind of time travel because, well, he's not time traveling, he's just big. But what's that one with the... Uh, oh, like 13 going on 30. Yeah. I love that one. 17 again, I, stuff like that. I, um, I'm just, like, 
it was a good idea once, and maybe it's been overdone or something, but this whole idea of a person just, like, missing a huge chunk of their life and then being able to go back annoys the crap out of me. Like, it's fine if you're in a, if you're Steven Seagal and you're in a coma for five years and you just miss that. That's okay. But going back at the end, like... Oh, no, my God. If I was suddenly transformed into a 13-year-old, I... I, I don't know what I would do. <laughs> like, it's just it's just you mowing lawns to invest in Apple. That's all it is, right? There's nothing else. That, yeah, like, it truly is. You know, like it's just... Uh, you just are yeah. now a weird kid in school. <laughs> isn't it that it, like, teaches you to value your youth, though? Like, isn't that the point uh, of that movie? Because that movie, she's like, I wish I was 30 already. And then it's her learning that being mm-hmm. 30 is hard, which... I'm also uh, learning that. Don't talk to me about it. I'm living my freewheeling fancy life. It's well, true. you're 30, flirty, and thriving, Sean, and we know that. But That's from the film. <laughs> I feel like when I was 13, I also wished that I was 30. Yeah, same. But uh, I don't think I've ever felt that way. I never like wanted to be older for some reason. I also thought 30 was soul. like 50, so I think I was more like wanting to be like 21. Yeah. Mm. I would I wouldn't go back to being twenty one if you paid me money. Anyway, Sonia, uh, do you have ones that you hate? Um. Well, okay. Rethinking, uh, like thinking about the butterfly effect this week. We talked about this a little already, but I just I re- I was like, why? Who thought this was necessary? Who thought it was important? Who thought it was good? It's. I feel I'm, like it's just an excuse to cram all kinds of sad, terrible things into one film. Yeah, and I felt like it could have just been more fun. Like, yeah. Like, it wouldn't have lost any impact to just be, like, a bit more, oh, man, do you guys remember Clock Stoppers? No, this but has come it up sounds a few times. That sounds familiar. Yeah, it's about the guy, uh, I can't even remember his name. He was famous back then, in 2000. But he gets a watch that stops time, and he, he and his friends rip around and do a bunch of stuff, and there's an evil corporation who stops time to try and develop people technologies faster. But uh, it doesn't matter. Um but, uh, you know, like, that was much more of a successful movie, maybe. Mm. The fact that you guys have never heard of it doesn't bode well. Well, but. we haven't heard of anything, also. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. We have heard uh, of Kate and Leopold, though. I've heard of I've seen Kate and Leopold. I think that's a good movie. I think it's... Have you guys uh, seen like The Time that. Traveler's Wife? Yeah. Uh, you think I've that's seen, a good movie? I've seen Interstellar, which I <laughs> yeah. very much appreciate. <laughs> That's Even funny. though when things start going, getting into the Tesseract, <laughs> then I really started losing the, the thread. Yeah, but like... I was in it for like the what? planet that like 23 years goes by for one hour, things like that. Like those sort of wormhole things I was very into. And then when he got into that crazy Tesseract and he was like, I, he was a, go- a time ghost, then I didn't really get what was happening. Yeah, I, lo- I lost the thread of that movie as well. Uh, but like, oh no, that's like, like it's very accurate to what they think will happen. Mm. Like, like if you go to a planet with different gravity, time is not the same. Yeah. Right? Like that's That bad. I get. Yeah, yeah. That, that is so, much so, I got. That was so yeah. sad. That's yeah, that so, is so the, sad. Yeah, so, so the only, the, the, the point they're making there is that the only two things that can effectively time travel are gravity and love that's essentially what i thought you were gonna say matthew mcconaughey and (laughs) (laughs) all right all right all right (laughs) um oh is there anything you guys watched this week that we haven't talked about yet and you want to uh i would like to bring up i don't think i answered your question earlier but uh bruce willis's 12 bruce willis and terry gilliam's 12 monkeys uh might be the best time travel movie of all time uh, I've talked about it before, based off the French film La Jete. Uh, if you don't have time for Twelve Monkeys, make time for La Jete. It's uh, it's wonderful, mm. and uh, everyone should watch it and love it because that's Jeremy's rules. That's Jeremy's rules. That's it. Um, that's it. When did? Because when I was watching that sort of documentary on how Ta- Die Hard was made, they were like. They stressed how bizarre it was that Bruce Willis was going to be in an action film, which is hilarious now. But at the time, he was, like, only a TV star, like, a jokey sort of TV star. And, like, not a soul could see him crossing or, like, being an action movie person. Um, I wonder when 12 Monkeys was made. Probably after Die Hard. 
I, I'm pretty sure it was after, but I think the, I think the line, I'm just trying to look up when term Terminator was made. Um, I think the idea was that like, if you were an action star, you were Arnold, right? Like it was like this very, I don't know, hyper masculine, muscly situation. They said that when the trailer first played and they were like, die hard starring Bruce Willis, the entire theater burst into laughter. Isn't that so bizarre to think about? That's so rude. (laughs) Mm-hmm. Especially now, as we think of him like as a staple of '90s action, yeah, right. Like Die Hard is it? Yeah, like, that's the pinnacle of that time um, for uh, everyone in North America. It seems. Yeah, they like <laughs> had to take his photo off the poster because everyone was like rolling on the floor laughing. <laughs> yeah, the '90s were a rude time. <laughs> so weird. <laughs> is it because he's uh, kind of short? Is that? Yeah, he's just small, and like, uh, so Terminator, which I don't know if is a good line to cross here, was made in 1984, so five, four years before Die Hard was made? Yeah, yeah. I think at the time um, it'd be like seeing Henry Winkler, like, starring in Die Hard, and you'd be right. like, okay. <laughs> but I think the same thing happened with Matt Damon and Jason Bourne, Yeah, right? You're like, really? And uh, the line that Paul Rudd has in... 40-year-old virgin, which is, I always thought he was kind of a Streisand, but he's rocking this one, is like like the perfect <laughs> the perfect description of that whole mechanism. Yeah. Okay. This is yeah. your last call to talk about time travel. Last call. Before we get back uh, in the DeLorean and come back to our normal I think I think the best time travel movie objectively is Primer. Mm. And it's a low budget thing about these guys who figure out how to do time travel and then just obsess over it. Um, it's really haunting and scary and amazing. And it is like, it's just about like two people at the base level. And uh, I watched this week and every time it just absolutely rocks my brain. Well, like that's because... really the only direction. Cause if you did figure out how to use time travel, you would, your brain would rot. You... Yeah, and like these, and like these guys just become the like most selfish version of themselves, and it's just insane. It's absolutely wild. Oh, one thing so. I forgot to say about Looper is that I really enjoyed Jeff Daniels' like very casual mob boss character <laughs> that he created, like just so cool while he's destroying people's lives. Yeah. Oh, he's he's paying them. He's upfront about it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And just like that conversation where him and JGL are talking, and then he's like, wait, but why are you learning French? Like, he just can't get moved past that. Yeah. It's just, it's totally true. He was great. Anyway, that was, that was my last thought. Sean, anything (laughs) to close out? No, I'm, I'm passing. All right. Well, it's time now. We have said the word time so many times in this episode. It's, (laughs) it's insane. It's about time we wrap that up. It's about time. So now it's time. (laughs) <laughs> for us to move into a little segment we call what you watching so boys what you been watching huh. uh do you want to you go first Sean? sure um so i watched this week i watched um the billy elliott musical um it is so fun only, mostly be, because i'm obsessed with irish accents and just hearing like these minor people from the 80s like uh they're just like Suddenly, I'm flying. <laughs> it's like Wait, so good. Doesn't that take place in Northern England? Um, you know what? Probably. I just realized that, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, their accents All right. are anyway. Really good. It is just like a very strong accent, and it's very addicting for me to to just say. Um, there's an amazing uh, song called the, Elton John wrote all the songs for the musical. And there's an amazing song called Merry Christmas, Maggie Thatcher. And there's like an incredible sort of Margaret Thatcher puppet that like they're like performing it on a little stage because it's like the Christmas cabaret or something. And then they have this big paper mache Maggie Thatcher like rise above the stage and like be playing them like a puppet. It's really crazy. I don't know. Like the budget was blown on that. (laughs) um anyway it was a very just very fun very cute and obviously i cry 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 because seeing a seeing a kid discover his talent for dancing is obviously iconic yeah and also all of the adults are terrible people (laughs) like 
adults interacting with children, all they do is like whack them on the head or like tell them to tell them to like f off. Mm. It's a dark time, yeah, but yeah, that is dark. It is very cute. I have to check it out. That oh, and also a thing I've been watching is the WAP music video a lot. Yes. Uh, well, I, it's extreme. I, I, like what is what what is that? Okay. Uh, the the radio version is called Wet and Gushy, I believe. Okay, I'll Google it. Yeah. WAP. WAP. Um, it's extreme Yonic excellence. There's yes. a lot of very hilarious wordplay, comedy. The looks are amazing. Jeremy's, Jeremy's face as he shocked. Googles this. <laughs> I, I, I can't I haven't even found it. Like I haven't even gotten there. Wow. Well, We'll send you the music video, Jared, at the end because you, it, you can't you. watch it while you're at the on and the like, radio. The, the, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. The lyrics are incredible, and they've been in my head all week. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite personal thing is Ben Shapiro's reaction to that music video very, and the very content, um, so and just this a cell phone of epic proportions. Very. Oh my god! Okay, Jared, what oh. have you been watching this week? Uh, I have two things, and I'll, I'll talk briefly about the first, and then uh, shamefully about the second. Um, so, uh, I watched Project Power, which is that new Jamie Foxx movie on Netflix. Uh, it's by the same people that did Nerve. I don't know if you remember that one. It has a lot of the same... It's sort of similar. It's about... Uh, there's these people dealing this drug, and when you take the drug, you have superpowers for five minutes. Ooh. And um, about all the things that happened in that. Um, it kind of falls flat at the end, like they literally ran out of money. Like, that's what it feels like. But uh, Jamie Foxx can act. Like, he like he did a great job. Joseph Gordon-Levitt is in it as well. Um, and they just... It's super enjoyable. There's a, an, an actress I've never seen before. She's really great. And uh, the whole thing is just like... A really kind of cool small budget like stab at a big movie and they it's pretty good um okay i'm not this guy like i'm not the like like i'm not the one who engages with the content that i'm about to talk about Ooh. however it's engrossing and i don't know if i'm going to be able to stop because i don't like it anyway uh joe rogan interviewed rob lowe at some point and i'm not a huge fan of joe rogan period like i just like don't but his Allowing Rob Lowe to talk was really interesting as Rob Lowe talked about being famous and everything. So I watched that. It is hours long. I don't know how I made it through. Um, it was very good. And hearing Rob Lowe kind of be the super American D-bag he is, is kind of a cool sort of thing. But the next one that came up was this interview he did where he didn't speak, which is, I think, made it good between the Twitter executives and Tim Pool, I think his name is. And uh, it is so incredibly amazing to hear what the founder and spokesperson of Twitter, like, think they're trying to do versus this, like, super staunch, freedom-loving American guy. And uh, if you're into that, listen to it. Like, I'm not condoning Joe Rogan at all, but maybe I'll keep listening. I don't know. But um, it's, it's, it's wild. It's just absolutely wild to me. The idea just... of Joe Rogan on low is like the Oprah interviewing Barbara Walters. <laughs> like <for pros>. Yeah. <laughs> it's so funny to me. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, yeah. It's, yeah. And Joe doesn't talk a lot. That's good. Like he, and he just tries to talk about aliens and stuff. But uh, yeah. Anyway, check it out if you're into that. Maybe. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Um, speaking of things that are garbage, uh, past guest and friend of the show, Tatum and I decided that in light of Stephanie Meyer's latest release of the fifth Twilight book, uh, Midnight Sun, which is from Edward's perspective, um, we have, we've got eyes on it and we are in fact reading it, um, <laughs> just for our own sakes and just to see sort of how we feel about it, um, Oh boy, it's it's some rough stuff, you guys. I'll tell you what. Um, hearing it straight from Edward, how much he wants to murder the person he's in love with is a bit of a bit of Pretty a mind hot. boggler. <laughs> to, to just be like, so this is how you're writing your romantic hero, hey? Okay, but it's it's really interesting to me how digestible it is, and like just how it it really puts you in like an obsessive headspace. And I was thinking reading, I, I'm not done yet. I'm like halfway through. And I just keep being like, 
I would be so obsessed with this if I was reading this at 15 again, like I did with the first Twilight books. Like, there's just something about the use of the first-person narrative and, like, just how obsessive all the characters are that it, like, puts you in this really interesting headspace when you're reading it where you, like, it, like, makes you kind of become more obsessed with the story in a way. I don't know. I can't figure it out. I don't know what hold this woman has over my brain. Um, yeah. She's it's, got you. Yeah, it's she's like, got she's living right Every time they sheen, Sonia's just like, yeah, this is appealing. I haven't even gotten to the part yet. They're, I'm like just about to get to the part where he takes her to the meadow and shows her how uh, sparkly he is. I, I, I do <laughs> I do have to be open about this. When I found out that it was not all of the books contained in one, like, like there's going to be more of these. Wait, it's literally she, just I the don't first know. Book. She's it's claimed, the first book. She's, it's just the first book. It's like it's like a one-to-one. Like, no. it's the same book. But no. she it, said that there will be two more books and hasn't said what they'll be about. But it doesn't make sense that it would be the... Because there's three more books in the series. So she didn't so, even really get to write anything new? Oh, no. my God. Yeah. She didn't even write anything new. She's the biggest scammer yeah. that we've... That we've got. She's a she's a she's a, a Mormon scammer. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 coming. Jake the Jacob one will be next. Yeah. You know, held ha- held by the moon or some probably something like that. Even then, like, just the mid- oh, like the, the cover is a the cover is a pomegranate, and like she's already started just like sprinkling in references to pomegranates, and I'm just like, you're not a real writer. But I didn't say that out loud. <laughs> She is. I mean, I mean, I've never written she a book, and she's is, made yeah. millions of dollars, so. Yeah, that's. I think she's probably fine. Anyway, on that note, that is all the time we have for this week. I would like to give a shout out to Saskatoon's The Garys for the use of our theme song, Manituna, my co-hosts, Sean and Jeremy, everyone at CJTR, and to you, our beloved listeners, for lending us your ears. The show's broadcast Wednesdays at 6 p.m., rebroadcast Thursdays at noon, and we're available as a podcast on CJTR's website and anywhere else you get your podcasts. Stay safe and have a great week. Bye. Bye. Bye.